was um, Lindley Webster's birthday. So great. So if you haven't had the chance to say happy birthday to Lindley, make sure you do that. Um, now something that someone said about Lindley this week was that she's quite a small person, um, but the ratio of awesome to actual person size is, is like really huge. Um, so like so awesome, though so small. And I kind of feel like that about this, this congregation tonight. Like the level of awesome, the level of vibes is very high. Um, so yeah, it's a joy to be to be sharing with you guys. So Harriet was saying, oh, Ascension Sunday must be coming up. Well, actually, it's here. It's Sunday. Um, apparently, it's actually kind of Ascension Thursday this year, but I've just carried it over till Sunday because we don't, we, yeah, we don't meet on a Thursday technicality. So. Um, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, about um, the time when Jesus actually physically left the earth and went into heaven. Um, so yeah, just, just to recap, the reason um, you guys are here tonight is actually because um, what we do as a, a community of Christians is we, we gather to tell stories, and we come together as, um, to remind ourselves of the, of the central story in our lives, um, and as a, a group of people, Paul's jumped the gun a little bit, but all good. Um, and so, yeah, this is, this is um, why we gather. We come to meet with Jesus, with um, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that draws us together. And we come to gather around um, our collective story. And the church calendar is this thing that helps us to do that. It helps us to walk through the story of our faith throughout the course of the year, <laughs> through ups and downs. And so um, this morning while I was at Milk Crate, um, you, can, you can go to that slide now, Paul. It's like slightly dodgy. Oh, don't um, hold it by the bottom. Oh, true. Where do I hold no, it? Yeah. Safety. Okay, we're good. Um, so, yeah, drew this little visual to help us. Oh, 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 oh. Just give you this one. Oh, thank you. Right. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Okay, here we go. More, more, more movement. Um, so, yeah, drew this little visual to, to help us out. So, um, if you've been here for a few months, you'll know that we've been on this journey through Lent. Um, and Lent is all about where Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem and chooses to go there. Um, so you see little Jesus going to Jerusalem. And at Jerusalem, um, Jesus faces, um, I guess, the, the wrath of the Jewish leaders and of um, the kind of weight of the Roman Empire. Well, this is promising. Yeah, could be. <laughs> Can someone help? <laughs> this is good, eh? This is real good. <laughs> we, we're, I'm so committed to this visual, we're actually going to wait. <laughs> And then Jesus is crucified. So he goes to the cross and dies 
And then three days later, it's resurrected. And the, the stone at the tomb is rolled away. And then we enter this time, which is where we've been in the last kind of few weeks, where Jesus um, just hangs out with the disciples. They're like fishing, and then he shows up on the beach and is like, what up, let's have breakfast. And so they, they have breakfast together. And then they're meeting in a room, and Jesus just like walks through the wall and appears to them. And they're like, ah! And then he's like, it's okay, it's me, look. Holes in the hand and everything. Um, so we have this time where Jesus <laughs> appears to the disciples. And then, um, you see I've put little boxes around it. We have this moment where Jesus says, okay guys, I'm going to go, but you're going to tell the world about this. And um, if you just wait in Jerusalem for a little bit, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And then it's just sort of taken away up into the sky. And so we have this time um, around Ascension Sunday where Jesus goes and the disciples wait. And this is what we're sitting in. We're sitting in this kind of little space of waiting. And so tonight, um, we're going to read two scriptures, one from the end of Luke's Gospel and one from the start of um, the book of Acts. So a cool thing that I didn't realise until kind of recently is that um, Luke's Gospel and Acts are actually written by the same author Mm -hmm. and that they're effectively like volumes one and volumes two of the same kind of continuous story. So Luke is all about Jesus and his ministry and what Jesus was doing. And then we get this end of that chapter, and then we have the start of this next one, which is um, the disciples and their adventures, um, kind of living out um, the witness of Jesus. And so, yeah, I think it's quite significant. <laughs> Just on your own time, thanks. Um, <laughs> is that you, Nathan? Just calling me. Um, yeah, we have this. It's significant that um, the end of Luke's gospel, we have the story of the ascension and the waiting for the Holy Spirit. And then the book of Acts starts with the same story. Like Luke tells that, that narrative twice in the middle of this continuous story because it's really important. And so it kind of makes me think of like um, Dragon Ball Z. Did anyone ever watch that? Yeah, come on. Um, and how they would say at the start of each episode, in the previous episode, you'll remember that Goku just like stood there for ages getting powerful. Like, so in, in other sitcoms do this, they do a little recap on like the really important things that last happened. So this is kind of what's happening in the book of Acts. He's um, recapping on this important thing. So enough of the yarns. First of all, we've got Luke. Um, So this is one of those moments where Jesus has appeared in the midst um, of his disciples and he's showing them the holes in his hands and his feet and they're having a kai together. And he says, it says, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple. Praise God. So that's the reading we have from Luke. And then we have a kind of retelling of this in Acts. So it says, In my former 
in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all about that. Ooh, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he, pre he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and in the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from his sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. We all know where that is. A Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they'd been staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So if we just go back to that little visual we had at the start. Um, yeah, we're in this middle place, and then from that, there's, um, I guess, this movement of the Spirit, and then the disciples go. And so the book of Luke is, I guess, characterized by Jesus going and what Jesus does, and then the book of Acts is characterized by the disciples going and what they do. Um, yeah, awesome. That's great. Thanks, Paul. So, tonight, we're going to talk about two things. And within those two things, there's going to be three points somehow. <laughs> so first, Jesus ascending. Why does it matter? What's, what can we learn here? And second, the disciples waiting. What can that teach us? So the ascension of Jesus. This is a moment where we see Jesus take up his authority. And this is really powerful because it reminds us that before he took up that, that power... Jesus first laid aside his authority and his power in order to save us. Theologians have come to talk about this as the emptying of Jesus. There's this Greek word they use to describe this, which is um, kenosis, I think. Where Jesus went through this kenosis and emptied himself of all the privileges associated with his rank. He divested himself of all the um, position and the glory and the authority um, that came with being God, and he took on human form. In Philippians um, 2, we read, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, <coughs> taking
taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For those of you who were here um, about a month ago when I spoke on, on Palm Sunday, I talked about this, about us remembering Jesus' humanness. How he took on this humanness, how he took on our skin and our condition. Um, yeah, and that he chose to do that even though he was in himself God. So the ascension represents the completion of Jesus' earthly human work on our behalf. Jesus, who had laid aside his godness to live into this, our humanness, he then takes up his godness again. So when Jesus goes up into heaven, it's important um, because it's this moment where we see Jesus picking back up that authority, that privilege, that glory, his, his fullness as, um, as deity. And so 2 Philippians um, carries on. It says, Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we see in Jesus' ascension that he doesn't just ascend to go and kind of hang out and have a nice life in the clouds. Um, but he ascends to the right hand of the Father and he takes his place as the one who's won this total victory over all powers and principalities. In Ephesians it has it, and God has brought all things. Brought all things under control beneath his feet and gave him to the church as head over all things. And in 1 Peter we read, Salvation comes from Jesus, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. And so this is my first point tonight, that Jesus' ascension is important, because it's in this moment that we see Jesus take up that total authority, that fullness in God. And this changes everything. This is why um, when we pray, we say, in Jesus' name. We pray in Jesus' name. Because this is where our identity comes from as Christians. This is where our capacity to live lives outside of our own strength comes from. The thing is, is Jesus isn't off in Galilee um, being a carpenter making tables. Like We don't have to head over there to see him because, because he has gone up into heaven. And so, um, yeah, his life has become everywhere. It's, it's possible for all people to connect with Jesus. He's returned to the Father, and he can be found everywhere by all of us. He is in heaven in total authority, and his interceding is at work on our behalf. The greatest hope of this ascension story is that it reminds us that Jesus is in heaven and is at work in power there, and that he will come again. In the Acts reading it says, This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. And this is our biggest hope, that one day Jesus will come and bring that fullness, that rightness, that wellness, that oneness with himself fully here, and that will be the end of all pain and all sorrow. Yeah. On, the, on the walk down here, um, 
like, God, what is the what is the really the thing that you want people to hear tonight? And I felt like the thing is because I have ascended, there is hope. So Jesus takes up this authority, and because He has done that, there is hope. So just hold on to that. And so at the ascension, we see Jesus um, returns to heaven. And he um, promises the disciples that in a few days, the Holy Spirit is going to be sent, it's going to come to them, and that that will be the ongoing presence of Jesus everywhere. That they will have the living, abiding presence of Jesus with them. And that because he's everywhere, his authority and his power to heal and um, the life that he brings will, will be available in all the earth. Jesus had already explained to his disciples during um, his time with them that unless he returned to the Father, then the Holy Spirit couldn't come. And that when the Holy Spirit did come, the Spirit would be an advocate and a counsellor and the one that would empower them. And at the time when Jesus is explaining this, the disciples are like, ah, this doesn't sound good. But he's like, no, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be so great. Um, You've just got to trust me on this. And so my second point is that the ascension is important because it's this this point where Jesus gives us total authority in his name and through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus takes up authority, but he also gives us authority in his name. In the Luke reading, it says, This is what is written, The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead, and on the third day rise, and the repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached. In his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with that power from on high. And in the Acts reading, it says the similar thing. It is not for you to know the times or date the Father has sent, has set by his own authority. But you will receive when the Holy Spirit comes to you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and in all the earth. And so this moment of Jesus ascending is really important because it it marks a change in how things are going to be. And how things will be for the disciples and, and what it will be like for them to be people that witness to Jesus. And I think... There's something beautiful for us to recognize there about the, the character and the nature of God in this. So I really think that the way that this plays out shows that God really trusts us and really wants to be in relationship with us. That God longs to partner with us and wants to be kind of relating to us and co-laboring together with us. We see that um, there's kind of a restoration of an order that God set at work at the beginning of all things, where God created the world and gave humans a place in it and gave us work to do and gave us agency. God um, was pleased with that, was actually really delighted with that. And Jesus extends this by saying, this is now your work too. You can join with me and we'll do it together through the Holy Spirit. We will do this work together. We will walk this walk together. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. Just wait a couple of days. And he says, you people, my people, you will be my hands and feet on this earth. And you will be empowered by the Spirit. 
In John's Gospel, Jesus is kind of explaining this to the, to the disciples ahead of time, and he says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. It's pretty astounding, eh? And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. We are enabled to, to live um, a life in Christ because Jesus is interceding for us at, at the right hand of the Father and because Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. And so these are the, the two points of why the ascension matters. One, the ascension matters because we see Jesus take up his total authority. And two, the ascension matters because at at this point of taking up total authority, Jesus gives us that authority in his name and gives us the Holy Spirit. And so I want to say that point again um, around, because I have ascended, there is hope. This week, while I was um, preparing this sermon, I thought about this, um, this song that some of you will know. It's one that we've been starting to sing at evening prayers, and a few of us learnt it when we were over in India um, late last year. And we got along to um, this, I guess, who's, who here has heard of Mother Teresa's home for the destitute dying? Okay, a bunch of people. Sweet. So Mother Teresa, if you don't know, is a real legendary woman who um, just loved people really relentlessly. And uh, the context she did that in was in Kolkata. And she set up a bunch of... Um, I guess, kind of like hospice, hospital-type situations for people that just didn't really have any other options. And so um, today, there's uh, a bunch of nuns that serve there day in, day out, and there's a bunch of volunteers that go there and um, just help doing cleaning and whatever is needed each day. And they do this little thing in the morning where they, the volunteers for the day have breakfast together, which is like really, really, really sweet tea and like kind of underripe bananas and um, some bread. And then um, they have a little time of prayer together. And there's a little song, and it's so simple, um, that they sing together. And if you just want to be Paul, I'm just going to invite us to sing this as a kind of weird interlude in a sermon. Um, this is a song that kept coming to mind to me for me this week, and um, Etienne... Um, sung it in prayers before the service, and I, I re-remembered, oh, yes, this song. Um, but I really want us to, to take heart that this is the hope we have in Jesus, um, just to kind of embody some of what I've been talking about. So um, I'm going to start singing, and you guys are going to join in. We have
my my third point tonight is um, yeah, I, I said what is, <laughs> what is it that the disciples waiting teaches us? What what can we learn from them? And yeah, I just want to hone in on that for a moment. So for some of you, I feel like the invitation tonight is going to be to hold on to the hope that Jesus has ascended. And for some of you, I feel like there's a piece here about waiting and about anticipation and about the work of the Holy Spirit and and kind of, yeah, holding out for that. And so again, I'm just going to go here with the third point. Um, in the readings tonight, we, we have the story of the disciples being told that they're going to be sent out on a huge adventure and that they're going to proclaim the good news about Jesus, but that first they need to wait and that they're going to be given a really big gift in order to do that. And so what, what do we see them doing in, um, in this waiting? Can anyone remember? Yeah, awesome. Any other things that people can remember? Hmm. Yeah. And gathering together. Yeah. So they, they gather, they wait, they pray, they praise, and um, yeah, they hold on. Now, what I love about this is that we can see in the disciples in this moment that they recognize that they cannot just go out and do it without the Spirit. They know that they need to receive. They don't even know what the Spirit will look like. They don't even know what they're going to be receiving, but they know they need it. And for some of us here, that's um, maybe a story of how you came to faith. It wasn't something that you, you knew what it was, but you knew you needed it. And I think that's kind of what we see going on for those guys as well. Now, if you've been at Blueprint for a while, you've probably heard people talk about StrengthsFinder, um, Hands up if you heard about Strength Finder. So good. Awesome. So um, there's a strength called Activator Strength, um, which is just a polite way of saying that you're impatient and, and good at starting things and probably not very good at finishing them. And I have Activator Strength, and so I'm imagining this moment where Jesus says, hey, huge task you're going to do, but first just wait. And I find that really hard to imagine, like the, the instinct to just um, sit and wait to receive before you get going with something. And I want to acknowledge that it is difficult to wait and it is difficult to receive. This is like waiting for a really, really cool thing to come in the post or like an email telling you whether you have a place to live or whether you've got a job. But just like on a way bigger scale, this is like epic waiting. And yeah, just outrageous to think about waiting to receive this gift of the very presence of God to come to you to enable you to do this next thing. And I want to emphasize here that there is a, a humility in realizing their need. There is a humility in waiting to receive from God. And there is a recognition that the disciples have that without receiving, they don't have a lot to give. And so some of you, actually most of you, have got a seasonal guide, um, courtesy of our strong family admin earlier. And 
This week we're going to be launching into the new seasonal guide and looking at receiving and giving. But tonight we're at this moment of remembering to wait to receive, to acknowledge that you can't just rush ahead and give, you can't just rush ahead and get it done, because it's important to receive from God, that without the Holy Spirit, (coughs) (laughs) this week we're leading up to Pentecost, and Pentecost... Shame not having to be left, though. It is a shame. Like, you thinking it, off hand, uh, just, uh, uh, See you later, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I think, <coughs> yeah, for a few of us, um, the waiting can do stuff in us. The waiting shows us how out of control we are. The waiting forces our humility. It forces us to accept the fact that we are not the active agents, but that we um, are waiting on the other end of something else. And I think it's an opportunity for us to really thirst for the thing we're waiting for. I think um, some of you will know Emily um, Painter, who is... um, due to give birth to her fourth baby, and um, the baby was due like five days ago. And just that waiting, like anticipation, excitement, but just kind of like, come on. Um, yeah, I can only imagine. And this is this is what we have um, in this week of Pentecost, the waiting, the longing, and we, we see that. And so what I want to say to you, um, my final, final point, is in the waiting, seek God. Keep gathering together. Keep praising God. Keep praying. So yeah, I'm going to invite the worship team up now, and um, yeah, I would love to invite you to just take a moment with God to grab a hold of something from what I've shared tonight. Grab a hold of hope, grab a hold of the authority that Jesus has. Grab a hold of um, the invitation to wait, the promise that gifts will be given. Just gonna um, pray and invite invite God to be at work amongst us now while Tyson chooses his time. So let's pray. Loving God, you are wise and you are good. Pray that as we lift up your name tonight, that your spirit would move amongst us, would call them, um, call us to attention, to notice um, what you're doing within us. Jesus, we just remember that you 